All right, everybody, we're back. I'm here with Bob Panalone, and this is the Analysis. How you doing, Bob? Actually, Matt Hayes, you are not here with Bob Panalone. You're here with Moonlight. It's actually Moonlight. Oh, oh. Well, I didn't, see, didn't know you were See what I did there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I see that. Thank you. Well, it's been a while since we've been on, so, you know, thought I'd tip a little cap to the Oscar episode that we didn't do the recap episode that we didn't do i know well uh so many other people did it you know it's we don't need it yeah it's not it's not necessary so anyway uh we were busy coming up with the new nickname uh for greg ott that debuted over the the saint patrick's day weekend correct and we'll give it to the people at the end of the episode we'll tease them give a little teaser new nickname coming at the end of this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh okay <laughs> all right so uh today uh today we're talking the the the, the must-see movies currently currently out you got get out jordan peele's awesome film uh get out should have seen by now we'll uh, we'll be diving into logan and then also at the end we'll be uh tackling the uh the dave Chappelle two-part netflix special yeah. that just dropped uh what last night or the night before it was tuesday uh, night yeah yeah yeah, so, so uh, that's uh, pretty big for a Tuesday night. But uh, hey, yeah, it was it, it gave us something to do. I, I actually made a little Facebook event, invited a few friends over. Uh, you know, had some Heinekens getting passed around. It was oh. a good time. I feel like you uh, you host a lot. I've been hosting a good amount. Well, you know, yeah, February yeah. is a big month for me because we do the beginning of February. I do a Super Bowl party, and that's more of just to warm up for the Oscar party which is mm-hmm. a major event. So then at the end of February, I get the Oscar party. And then, you know, I just kind of, I the, the, it was a spur of the moment decision to do this Chappelle show, but he's been gone for 10 years. And, you know, uh, I thought it'd be fun to get, you know, some fans in a room and it's always better to, you know, have a group of people to sit and share a big laugh with instead of just, you know, in your underpants by yourself. Yeah. And that's that was my experience with it, but we can get to that uh, in a little bit. Let's let's jump into to get out first. The, uh, the out. hot ticket item. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you, you should. I feel like a lot of people beat me to it. Um, I only saw it last weekend. Well, yeah, um, I I actually got a pre screening uh, tickets to. Oh this. yeah, that's right. And uh, a lot of the same. So you know, my our friend of the pod, Bobby Peterson, is subscribes to some website that mm-hmm. every now and again will they don't necessarily send you directly free passes but they're like hey print off this basically this like pdf and if you show up in line it's first come first served and you can see whatever film that they're you know promoting at the time and so yeah. the first time we did it was uh with wiener dog and there was just a bunch of just weird people there um and it, it actually wasn't the best uh, experience but then we went back free again movie queers yeah the free movie queers and for sure enough like literally uh, the, the same people it's like a group of people and they 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 were there in full force and it was so weird too because these guys had like all this swag from other free movies that they had like one guy had a <laughs> had a fist fight you know, like the charlie day ice cube movie he had like a oh, fist God. fight hat on with like a you know some sort of like horror movie uh like sweatshirt and it was just like dude you know just Whoa. like proudly wearing this like yeah these are all the movies I've gotten into for free and they were talking about like strategies and like the one time that they all got left out of Puss in Boots because you know there was <laughs> there was too much press that showed up like actual press 
And so, you know, they didn't let as many people in, so they didn't get into Puss in Boots. And it was just, it's a weird life uh, those guys live. But anyway, so, and, and, yeah. And there were kids that wanted to see it. and Yeah, yeah, all these, let all these stupid kids in. I'm front line. Um, but they, uh, yeah, so they were, but you know, this was like, you know, you know, it was, it, it was a movie I had heard a lot about. And so, you know, I was eager to see it. So I kind of was like, all right, I'll go stand in line with the weirdos. And yeah, that, that's a good score. Uh, the, the, the last early screening I saw, I had a similar run in, um, me and Cameron went to, uh, to see silence and, uh, we're sitting in a row with uh, about five fat white dudes that are all wearing those like tweed little, you know, a cheat cheaty bang bang hats. Uh, and, and they all dress exactly the same and just, uh, you know, the, the ones that hang out and just, you know, discuss for a half hour after Owen's left. Yeah. But, uh, uh, it was tough too. Cause it was right before the Oscars. And so they were all, you know, just mm-hmm. talking nonsense, you know, anyway, short story long. So, uh, yeah. So I got to see it a little early and, uh, yeah, it didn't disappoint. What do you think? Um, I mean, I've, I kind of had heard all the hype, uh, I, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes one, it, it held 100% for quite a while. I think, uh, what is it now? I think it's 99%. Uh, if I yeah, 99. Yeah, 99. Some it's, it's dropped one down. asshole gave yeah. it a bad review. Uh, I didn't really like it that much. It's like, mm. like the one, the one guy that didn't vote for LeBron James that year and everyone was like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, there just can't be a unanimous, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's never been done, and, and if it's not going to be Goodfellas, or, or sorry, if it's not going to be Godfather, then, you know, I'm not going to, you know, the only movie that deserves to be 100% is Godfather. Yeah. You know, that kind of so, uh, Get Get Out is down to fourth on the charts, coming in at $13.5 million last weekend, which I think is just due to exhaustion, really. I, I feel like a lot of people have seen it. Yeah. Um, so you got Beauty and the Beast, Kong, Logan, Get Out. Um, I, uh, yeah, I saw it by myself. I had, I had a free day in Chicago, went in, um, I'm not a horror guy and I, I know this is not really a horror movie. I mean, even Cabin in the Woods was probably scarier. Well, um, the, so I, the production company has labeled it a speculative thriller, speculative, okay. speculative, speculative thriller or something, some sort of funny term like that. I, I, I'm probably saying it wrong. A thriller with something to say. There you go. um yeah it's it's great there's there's really no there's really no argument to be made uh other than that it's it's really it actually wasn't as scary as maybe i kind of i agree it had less it was um a little less thrilling than i had initially anticipated uh yeah it was just just kind of there's not thrills in it um but there it there's just less there in there's a lot kind of had yeah it kind of had like a not like an M Night Shyamalan sort of like the village vibe. That's where it's so just, funny that you said that because it's just kind of strange. There's like well, these people. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it reminded me. I was trying to think of another like first time director that had a movie come out that like hit hit the scene so hard and you know uh-huh. like instantly like had that kind of momentum. And the only thing I could think of was Shyamalan's first movie, which was Sixth Sense, or at least the yeah. first movie that I had seen kind of commercially. Uh, and so that's really funny that you say that it reminds you of a Shyamalan movie. Cause I was like, it was the only other time in, in key, key, uh, uh, um, excuse me, not key. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Peele, Peele has been obviously around with key and Peele. And, and, you know, he, he's been in scenes, he's been in movies, but like, this is the first time like writing and directing. And I think, Right now, you could slap like the director of Get Out on any sort of upcoming project, and people are gonna go see it. 
Like he's oh, a, yeah. he's all, he's instantly a credible director. It's not quite the phenomenon that Sixth Sense was. Um but I mean it's really? close. It's it's really close. No. Uh I mean that that was like a once in a generation thriller. I mean th- I think this will be forgotten in a few years. Uh oh, not okay. because it's forgettable, but I just think you know, uh, it, it, that was such a smash sensation. I th- I think you can't really compare it to the Sixth Sense, but I definitely career launching. It well, also in the way that Jordan Peele all, already kind of had a, a pretty strong career going. I mean, I know he didn't direct Keanu, but you know, the Key and Peele show is pretty huge. Yeah, that ended up getting huge, and 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 we'll actually talk about because they're made reference to in the Chappelle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're made reference to in the Chappelle yeah. uh, stand up, but uh, exactly. yeah, you know, they, they they were they were really big, and Keanu was you know a fun thing, but like you know was kind of in the middle of terms of popularity in in this summer's movies, in, in, in an overall like bad summer, honestly. So, but, you know, I thought, I mean, it's fun. It's worth a few laughs. It's kind of on par with, like, a Will Forte comedy. Um, but they, uh, you know, this is just huge. And and obviously, like, his work as a sketchwriter, and it's been written about and spoken about a lot, you know, in interviews with him. But his work and just, like, constantly being in that world of satire and, like, constantly writing, you know, from the, like, to satirize things. So, you know, you, you like, it's just... It's so well done, and in a little ways, it reminds me of kind of some of the some of the ways South Park was able. It, obviously, in a very a lot less silly way, but in ways that South Park was able to use like satire, um, effectively to like effectively communicate their message. Yeah, uh huh. Just a yeah, incredibly effective use of satire. Absolutely right. I mean, uh, we always praise those guys for being brilliant, and this this is also brilliant because it's just a. Uh, a really profound, interesting way to make a point about something in a in an age where everyone is so angry. Another Dave Chappelle reference, mm-hmm. um, but they're just people are just yelling at, about everything. Yeah, everyone's pissed off about everything, and and it's so it gets really uh, exhausting in a way, just because like everyone's trying to make a point, and everyone's so you know, uh, uh, you know, just trying to be. Yeah, well, I, I can't think of the word, but. Um, you know, high and mighty, sort of, but also, you know, with with merit. And this is just like an interesting way to to make a a, a comment on what's going on in society in a funny, thrilling way. I uh, th- maybe this was different for you. Not that it detracts from the movie. I really enjoyed the whole thing, but I just feel like the the it's one of those cases where the trailer gives away too much, and kind of all the big moments are in the trailer. You the, can see him strapped to the chair. You can yeah. see, yeah. Um, you see, like the he goes for the fist pound, and they they grab his hand, and... yeah, which I think was my favorite overall moment. What a great that, bit! That, yeah, it's, it's like when uh, what's that in reference to? Right? Is that when like uh, uh, he, Donald well, Trump meets Barack or something? And I don't know if it's direct in a direct reference to anything that happened politically. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that. At least if, oh if no, it, no, if no, it no, it's uh, it's it. Uh, don't you remember uh, Roger Goodell? Uh, this one one of the draft guys went to or I can't oh remember, fist pound him and then he he shook he shook his hand like he maybe he wasn't, I, he wasn't I, woke enough for the for the moment. <laughs> I it's it's from something. I, I feel like it might have been that, and they they blasted him for it. But anyway, but yeah, that was that was you know a funny funny moment. Yeah, and there was uh you know there was a and uh in terms of the cast here, Allison Williams was like perfectly cast as like miss uh so white like almost like waspy like 
Puritan uh, girl, you know, and, you know, yeah. kind of like, you know, like so white that she's dangerous. And then um, uh, and also and also very believable as like the girl that would date a black guy just so she can like kind of brag about it to her Brooklyn friends. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Bradley Whitford is the dad who is, uh, you know. There's a there's a meme I've seen going around where it's like oh we should have known this dude was evil after what he did to Billy because he's the he's the he's uh-huh. uh, Eric and, <laughs> and Billy Madison yeah. but he plays <laughs> yeah. like he plays the evil guy so well and and, and I even in you know in this um in, in speaking of a horror movie that has a sense of humor um and, and is also you know obviously like written and directed by someone who loves horror and loves the genre but he was great in Cabin in the Woods and yeah. Yeah, I definitely, that's probably why he got this gig, you would think. I was honestly thinking that. I was like, I bet you he cast him because of all all the great things he did in Cabin in the Woods. And that was like Joss Whedon, who's like a huge horror film fan. And you, you could tell mm-hmm. that, you know, there was so much like love and respect for the genre that like went into that project. And, you know, I, I don't know how big of a fan. I, I'd honestly be, I, I should listen to more uh, Peel interviews because i'd be interested to know like how big of a fan he was of horror or was this just like a great vehicle to kind of express the message that he yeah i honestly don't know anything about it i i haven't listened to him give any sort of commentary at all it just you got kind of have to assume based on you know uh, bradley whitford being in there and just kind of the overall tone um i i always i don't really see a lot of horror but i'll, I'll come into it when stuff like this where it's uh you know josh there's Whedon momentum behind Peele. it yeah but also, you know, people that are have made their, you know, uh, uh, ma- you know, made their image in in other fields of film and a mm. really acclaimed artist, and then they'll kind of come into to the genre and kind of have some fun with it. And yeah, Catherine Keener, those. you know, she's established. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, and then the dude that just steals the movie completely is uh, Lil Rel. Who plays his the T S motherfucking yeah, A. T S motherfucking A. Yeah, he kinda really yeah, little Rel. His, his, so, bu- his buddy a, Rod. Is he just like a, he he's a stand up? I yeah, I, I've never seen him in anything uh before, but uh I I believe he's a stand up. I'm looking at his uh filmography right now on IMDB and it's mostly like Carmichael show, you know, Kevin Hart stuff, uh mm-hmm. get a job, I don't know. Um yeah, just uh, very limited filmography here besides get out. So um but oh god, speak those are the parts that I just you know, I've always loved as an actor, I've always loved to play parts like that, not necessarily the lead but like the jerky best friend. Um yeah. and he's the he's the character I left talking about the most just yeah, absolutely hysterical. Just, uh, you know, uh, you know they're gonna use you, sex slave, sex slave. Get the hell out of here, sex slave. Oh, dude, all those bits were so funny, especially when you get to that party and that like gaggle of white old jerks show up, and you know it's just it's so creepy. Uh, it's so effective. Uh, you know, and it definitely like you know that's Peel's point of you know trying to put you in the in the driver's seat of like a like an urban black kid, like having to go to the suburbs and deal with that. And like, you know, the anxieties that come with, with that. And just some of the, like the ignorance, you know, where people are trying to be, uh, you know, uh, progressive and they just end up sounding more and more ignorant. And, Absolutely. you know, just kind of the, the fear in, in that situation. Uh, and, and so like, you know, you're getting into those scenes and you got the, the good stuff going on with Steven root. And it's like, this guy's blind. Like what, 
you know, where are we going with this? And then like, it's a cutaway, like five minute scene with Rod, but you know, I, because they were so funny, I was fine with it. Yeah. If they were, if they would have fallen flat, I would have been like, next, get this rod out of here. You know, <laughs> get this rod out of here. Um, yeah, get that filth out of there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that party scene where people are kind of coming up and be like, you know, black is the new white or whatever. And it's, it, Oh, black's very in yeah, fashion. Yeah, very right in now. fashion, and, and uh, oh, I'm a former pro golfer. I knew Tiger yeah, Woods. Yeah, and that and that's what's great about that. It's like that stuff white people say to black people when they they don't really know they don't they've never spoken to a black person before, and they're like, yeah. So you say just the most generic. Yeah. Oh God, it's so but, annoying. But then yeah. to find out later that these people are kind of like eyeing him for for harvest, it like it makes it all it, it just makes sense of everything, and that's that's what was really smart. To me, like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. And now they're gonna like play bingo to to auction for this this guy's abilities, and you know this big fat guy wants wants to be in a sleek new fashionable black body, and the other guy wants to change, you yeah. know, take some strokes off of his game. Uh, it's it's really funny to kind of um, to take those generic uh, small talk small talk conversations and um, kind of like legitimize them. Yeah, turn them on their head almost. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so um, have you read any of the and, you know, uh, spoiler alert for anybody coming on, because we're going to talk about specifics in the movie now. But have you read any of the Easter eggs with this movie? Because they're absolutely fascinating. Uh, I, I read you know, it was like a BuzzFeed article or something that's been going around. I, I saw the one where it's like, you know why she's eating her Fruit Loops separate from the milk? Because it's, you know, you separate the colors from the whites. And so that's. Oh, OK, I, I didn't even notice that. So, yeah, one Allison Williams is eating Fruit Loops, but drinking milk out of a jar with like a straw mm-hmm. or a glass with a jar. And so, OK, so that means like separating colors from the whites. So while he's strapped to that chair, he's able to save himself by plugging his ears with cotton. Yeah. Did you read that? So it's like obviously like cotton picking. And oh, like that's like OK. Of saving him. That's interesting. And then uh, there was another one where he's got this uh, where he, he looks at the deer that they hit and it reminds him of his mother that he's left at the side of the road. And when they show up to the Armitage house first, the the father talks about how he wants to like, oh, there's way too many deer population in this area. I'd like to eradicate the deer. Oh, if I could kill every yeah. deer, I would. And the deers are obviously deer. It, deers aren't isn't even a plural. But uh, the deer are a metaphor for black people. And that's kind of how he feels about the race of black men and how he'd like to eradicate them from the area. And it's ironic because he ends up getting stabbed with deer antlers in the basement um, after the surgery or a- as he's attempting that surgery. Yeah. So, well, here's um, my th- I mean, we'll get back to the Easter eggs cause that that's fascinating. Okay. But, but when he's like, yeah, I want to eradicate black people, but they're, they're putting themselves in the black people's bodies. That's, that's where the kind of, it, well, the black mind, like the, it's not necessarily like the, the skin tone, but yeah. like the, the culture and the, the mind. And so, and, and that's kind of was an interesting part too, was that, they don't the the white people were only interested in the black men physically yeah like because um the 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 guy that they had andre the guy that they had kidnapped in the first scene was a jazz uh trumpet player he was a dra- he was a jazz musician and obviously like a very you know kind of cerebral thinking man's profession but yet he's stripped down they they take that part of his you know they take that part of his brain away and you know he's just becomes this this black body for, uh, you know for harvest as yeah. he said and then um, even Chris is a photographer, an artistic profession. You know, he's got he's got an Fabulous artistic creative eye. mind. 
Correct. But then they, you know, obviously he's still just going to be, that's going to be stripped away and he's going to be used simply for his body, much, much like how, you know, the black man for however many years have been used, you know, specifically just for like their body or for labor and not their, their mind and their creativity haven't really uh, been appreciated. Yeah. So, you know, and then and then another one they had, which was really fascinating, was um, when he first knocks out the son who's trying to transport him into the surgery room. He uses a bocce ball and it's almost like that's the only way you can like survive as a black man is using a ball or like using like a ball, a ball or a sport to like, you know, for your freedom to fight for your freedom. Right. You know? OK. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, there, it's uh, there's so many like creative little um ditties like that that I that had kind of gone over my head you know and then like some of the major stuff you know obviously uh was um was easy to kind of pick up on even when he's in the sunken place and you're going okay that's like you know you, you kind of have to like sit and like watch in horror like as all these things you know happen to you or happen to your people you know and you you, you feel defenseless or you feel kind of like stuck and, and unable to to help and like the horror and that but like yeah, there's uh, go read the you know I encourage anyone like once once you uh, have seen the movie go re- go look for those Easter eggs they're like they're mind blowing yeah. how interesting yeah, these they are really are. cool I'm actually leafing through some of them right now but yeah how all of her ex boyfriends were dark skinned black men and um didn't even think about that but uh, what's interesting to me is like I mean you would have to be so racist uh, to be these people right and then but they're okay with being in the bodies of these of of African Americans um. Which yeah. is just kind of, I guess, interesting, and but you know, I, but it's weird for me. Like the the grandparents are just working the farm now, or, or is that just like all a ruse, like part of the game? Yeah, I think that was that was probably a ruse just for for him during that moment, yeah. or during that during the weekend. I I doubt that they make their like the the mother and the father actually, you know, trim hedges and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, that'd be surprising. But like a like a normal day, like a normal you know, time when, when they don't have a, a visitor quote unquote with them. Yeah. And I, um, and I guess the, the new mannequin challenge that's uh, come about is the, uh, the running into a camera and quickly turning away from it and quickly yeah. turning. I, I, I saw a bunch of those pop up. That was a very bizarre scene. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the creepier moments, but uh, yeah. And then of course I, I loved at the end when, you know, he, he's gone through all that and you think he's going to escape and the, the, you know, the, the blue and white show up. And you're like, oh my god, they're gonna arrest him because he thinks. Yeah, for sure. Because they think that he's did, he's done all this and he's a black guy. But then it's fucking T.S. motherfucking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that was good because it always kept me guessing. There wasn't a time where I like thought that I had the. Besides the fact that I knew they were all wearing hats or some sort of thing on their head because there was probably some sort of brain surgery that happened. Um, you know that was like pretty t- telegraphed to me pretty yeah. early. But other than that, I was I was guessing all the way through. Yeah, exactly how it was going to end. Uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, like a, at the end, I thought we were going to go into like a, a night of sort of. Th- I know you didn't watch that show, but just the, the unexplainable. We're like, I didn't kill all these people. They were trying to harvest my body. Yeah, OK, whatever. You're clearly, <laughs> you know, there's just no way to explain yourself out of it had the police actually shown up. So we're like, oh, God, there's yeah, he's he, there's he has no way to prove. I don't know, but. Uh, anyway, let's let's call it there. Great film. Everyone go out and see it. Get out and see it. Uh, get out. Get out and see it. And see it. Let's jump into Logan. Get out of my face. <laughs> get out of my face and into my theater. Uh, uh, Logan. Um, 
Uh, let me start it off by saying that uh, I know me and you, me especially, have been completely exhausted by comic book superhero movies, um, especially the DC comic ones that are actually bad, I refuse to see. And then just the Avengers kind of legacy of the, you know, round one, round two, and all that stuff. It's just yeah. so much to see, and they're all the same. Uh, Deadpool was probably the last one I really enjoyed. But then this, which is... I thought was great and just so more, just way more entertaining than all of those. It's just more personal yeah. and interesting. And I'm so glad uh, it got made and I, I wasn't, you know, burnt out enough to avoid it. So, cause they've been heading in this direction for a while and it makes sense because a lot of the people, you know, um, that first got into the comic book scene when they were, you know, the cartoons or like, like kind of, the last the last age of like actually reading comic books but it became more like television and 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 cartoons and now we're all adults and mm-hmm. so you know there there is a major market for people that your built-in fan base and you know you can give them an adult movie uh and so it was very you know it, very cool and Deadpool was that in that same light but it was really cool to have a movie kind of for us um you know and it was brutal uh, it is was, this the uh, first it was a slow burn. Is this the first rated R superhero movie? Oh, I know that Deadpool was. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Certainly um, the first so... X Men rated R because I know. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna blank on his name, but uh, the Wolverine was supposed to be directed by. Um, help me out here. The guy that did the wrestler in uh, Life. Uh... Oh, Darren. Yeah, Arnofsky. so Darren Ofnowski was gonna do that. The Japanese Wolverine, um, and that was gonna be rated R, and so I was really looking forward to that. You know, kind of like that the dark vibes that he always brings. Uh, director of Black Swan, uh, but then he pulled out to do Noah, dog shit movie. That's news. Yeah, and uh, and then the Wolverine was whatever. I actually didn't even see it, but uh, so so mm. they were trying to do this for a while, and it it. it re- you don't you don't even think about what the those claws are doing to people when he's just like, you know, swiping and it's like all sped up, you know, there's you know blood splatters maybe, but people just kind of drop yeah. to their knees, but you don't actually see Ugh. why they're yeah. being killed. And then to see it in slow motion, the the piercing through the chin up into their brains and like through their eyes and like through what that eyes, actually yeah. would do to a human body. It's like, oh "My god, I I, I didn't even think about this." But it's so cool. Yeah, and he's been doing it for like 300 years. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. It's like, oh, no wonder why he doesn't have a sense of humor anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was cool. Now, I'm going to admit to you, I haven't seen... I, I felt a little... I felt like two steps behind this entire movie because I hadn't seen X-Men Apocalypse. But, you know, so this is set like in 2029 or something, 2030, or it's set, you know, into the future to where all mutants or at least like x-men superhero mutants none of them have been born for like 20 years and there's basically like three or four left on the planet including professor xavier who now has dementia yeah so i and so was it was any of this kind of alluded to in apocalypse x-men apocalypse i i uh, I didn't see apocalypse it it was kind of on in my apartment the other day and i saw part of it but uh i've i've heard nothing but kind of mediocre reviews of it and uh, I I did watch a uh, an IGN did this whole like timeline of Wolverine thing, 
uh, which is somewhat interesting because, you know, I've seen First Class and then the one after that, Days of Future Past, where they're like, oh, yeah, those are the two that I've seen, too. They're going back and forth into the future. And like the future is like this Matrix world run by the Sentinels and some shit. Uh, mm-hmm. but I, I thought Professor X dies in one of them and then and then he's suddenly alive again and. In Logan, or uh, isn't he killed by the Phoenix? Is that is that how he dies? I... Yeah, yeah, he's killed by the Phoenix at the end of like the early two thousand ones. But then Days of Future Past kind of yeah allowed you that that timeline because you know they like they were like messing around with timelines, uh, yeah, 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 with like you know with with a time portal. So I think there's a it allowed you to have all the player all the the major players come back uh, into the series and be like, oh yeah, that all happened, but also this is a whole new you know sub. Yeah, timeline. Kind of like how you know uh, when when Spock came into the the reboot of Star Trek. Yeah, the reboot of yeah. So it's like all that stuff you loved actually happened, but in, in kind of like a parallel yeah. alternate timeline. Yeah. yeah. So they uh so I I guess that was in play here, but I just uh yeah I, I just felt like I was like was I already supposed to know that Professor Xavier is like a bedridden old man and you know this dementia thing and he's like a, a complete danger to the world because it's this powerful mind and it's out of control i actually did um, which i thought was really interesting yeah i mean like the most powerful mind in the in the world has dementia well you know what's that like i kind of took it as a one-off like i didn't really even think about the history of it and i think it made it a better experience like wait wait where are they where are they coming from where is this happening in the timeline like uh ex uh, uh mutants are being eradicated now let's just focus on these two people and what's happening here and that was cool enough for me. I mean, you know, everyone knows the story of Wolverine. You can just kind of fixate on that. Yeah. Um, but what what I want to talk about with this, which I loved, is the... Now, I don't know much about, like, the influence for the comic. I'm, I'm reading that it was published in 2008, which would put it after The Road. And so I, I think they must have... Uh, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. I know me and you talked about this. It m- must be yeah, pretty yeah. heavily influenced, right? I mean, it definitely feels that way. The Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Um, it definitely did uh, a lot. Uh, I've and I and I'm sure that whatever uh, dark or what, what you said it was a graphic novel. Um, I can see I can see it being pretty heavily influenced uh, as well. So yeah, it it, it did, they definitely felt like they were hitting similar beats going through the movie. Yeah, the road was written in 2006. Um, and any of the movie came out years after that. But uh, okay. yeah, just like the. Uh, the apocalyptic um, man and child just trying to survive. Uh, very, very similar. And if anyone's played The Last of Us, I definitely was reminded of, of that as well. Um, most because, you know, Joel and, and Ellie are uh, reluctant father-daughter companions. Um, but, mm. that, but that also definitely drew from the road as well. I know... Uh, videos on like the writer i heard someone compare it to little miss sunshine which i thought was kind of funny <laughs> just like the well because you got the old the man in the back of the yeah. van like yeah the, like the, he's the, the alan the arkin wacky. role <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and uh, patrick stewart looks a little bit like yeah, alan arkin sure. in a way and so it's just like oh yeah it's like little miss sunshine only with <laughs> you know nine hand knives. i would have loved if they had gotten a little shitty vw bus that they had to like like they had to start like kickstart every yeah, time like bad guys were Wolverine coming to get out and push and the little girl hops in and yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been funny. 
Um, anyway. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, gory, but just a blast. Uh, and there's some boobs in it? There's like a quick boob yeah, shot? Some boobs. And didn't you say you saw it next to some uh, a couple six-year-olds? Oh yeah, I um so I like f- was front row of this theater, and there's like a like this little tiny kid in my seat. And I was like, oh, I'll just sit far right, but then I was like, I, I this is terrible. So I'm like, uh, hey man, I gotta get my seat back. So the guy, hey kid, get out of my seat. This, so this this guy picks up his like little five year old and sits him on his lap. <laughs> he didn't even buy him a ticket. Um, so yeah, hey. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I guess if you no babysitters, yeah, what are you gonna do? <clears throat> But yeah, that that is a brutal movie for for a kid. But yeah, who really cares anymore? Some boobage hanging out. Yeah, I don't even remember the boobs. It, it, there was it's a quick scene because Logan's a limo driver and he's chauffeuring like a bachelorette oh, party. And they're yeah. like, "Hey, limo driver!" It's oh just like yeah, out of the top of her bra. <laughs> I but totally I was just like, "Oh shit!" Those are the first boobs I've ever seen in a superhero movie. So yeah, well that was nice. Uh, that's probably that's probably an extra sell for anyone who was on the fence. Uh, yeah, for sure. Any of our twenty listeners. <laughs> well, if there's boobs in it, uh, I guess I'll go. Yeah, uh, I hate superhero movies, but boobs. Um, <laughs> Logan. So that that's that's another win. That's a great one. Uh, yeah, solid weekend I had here. A little back to back. Uh, Logan get out doubleheader. Pretty pretty solid. That's a that's a great doubleheader, man. Uh, you don't. It, well, can you remember what your best double header ever was? My f- you do you have anything in like your back pocket? Where you're just like, oh man, I saw both these movies in consecutive weeks or something. It was amazing. Yeah, well, me and my buddy Mike Zanier used to do this all the time. Um, we would go to a theater, you know, sneak in, and then and then just stick around for. So we'd get two for for the price of none. Uh, and we we would try to uh, you know plan out uh, solid double headers. You know, you don't want too heavy movies you don't want to action hill you want to kind of mix it up uh my favorite we ever did i believe it was uh we started off with um let's see i believe it was um the new sherlock holmes reboot which wasn't that great but then uh we saw up in the air right after that and uh and that was an uh, oh yeah two different kind of movies entertaining yeah in their own a little under- uh, like entertaining don't don't really have to think about it you know the the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, and then going into Up in Air, one of my favorite movies of recent years. Uh, some other ones we did: uh, the Tenacious D, to Pick a Destiny, which, okay. and then we saw um, the Tree of Life, <laughs> Darren Aronofsky again. Which, yeah, you're really going <laughs> uh, the spectrums yeah. there. You're really hitting the ends of the spectrum. Uh, I, I've seen one. I remember seeing Cinderella Man, which was the boxing mm-hmm. movie with. Uh, Russell Crowe and Paul Giamatti, and then I went to see Zoolander. <laughs> I believe that was in the same day. Wow! Uh, so that was a nice little nice. You little, ever done? But you, you know. ever done back to backs in the theater where you just you stay there? Yeah, yeah, that was the, okay. the same, yeah, yeah. Where you just kind of hop across the hop across the aisle there. Uh, another um, one we did is uh, of one of the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. I think it was like the third one at World's End or whatever the hell <laughs> that we did. Uh, you, me, and Dupree <laughs> with, <laughs> with Owen Wilson. <laughs> Uh, a long afternoon yeah, there. <laughs> that was not the best. Uh, but anyway. All right. If anyone comes back, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this later if we can think of any. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and then uh, finally, we we're going to talk Chappelle for real quick here. Yeah, Dave Chappelle, uh, The Age of Spin, and then also Live from the Heart of Austin, Texas, I think are the names of the two episodes of his special, if you want to call it that. Um, yeah, what, so what do you think? 
I enjoyed them. Um, I was not of sober mind, I will admit. Uh, so I don't know how actually funny they were. Uh, but I, uh, I, I thought the first one, um, the first one was good. It, it got, you know, it, it, it was a little heavier than the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially once he starts talking about kind of the, uh, evolution of, uh, hate in the country, you know, yeah. starting back with the second world war. And then you're like, where is he going with this? It, it was, it was fascinating. Like the room was silent. Yeah. Like my, the room I was uh-huh. watching it in was silent. Everyone was fixated as well as the theater itself. And, <laughs> and then he just goes into that Cosby turn well, and it was all a build up to it, talk about. It was hilarious. Cosby. Uh, yeah. It's just like the, this, well, cause he first he's talking about like, uh, uh, David or not David Stern. Um, the guy, the Clippers owner, and how old his dick is. Donald yeah, Sterling. Donald Sterling, and yeah. how many wars he's seen, and and all this, and that you know that Dick's eighty years old, and you know the Civil War, and all. And then he's like talking about how the seventies were all fucked up, and all this shit was happening, and all, whoever stood up got shot down, and all these assassinations. Mm-hmm. And during that whole time, Bill Cosby raped fifty-four women. <laughs> <laughs> fifty-four. God, even if you take away 30 rapes, it's still two dozen I rapes. Like that, this <laughs> man's like, putting up real numbers. Oh, it's like, uh, but then it was just, you know, it's just hard to like, uh, it's just hard to listen to a lot of Cosby talk comfortably, which the whole point is to make you. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and so it was just like, oh, man. So um, and then, you know, kind of that we, we got through the first uh, stand up special and then, uh, you know, it was kind of like nine, nine fifteen. And the group was like, yeah, we got another we got another comedy special in us. So we, we started out the second one and the second one was a nice change of pace. Uh, you know, it was a little sillier. Um, yeah, he, he uh, seemed more I, relaxed in it. You know, he's in a smaller venue. It looked like he's sitting down smoking at one point. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but just the material itself was a little sillier, and um, you know, it was it was like like you're saying, different ends of the spectrum. It was uh, um, very you know, felt like a different tone. Yeah, you're right because he's uh, talking about like taking bites out of his kids' sandwiches, and then the kid getting in trouble for it, and then you know, getting extorted for jerking off to a photo of or a video of him having yeah. sex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think I think he kind of he he was slaying in that second one and the first one was more profound and I I liked I yeah. I liked that Cosby turn at the end it kind of it definitely picked up towards the end but the second one but I like I like profound Chappelle like I love it like, oh yeah um, a, an earlier special he had not killing him softly but the one right after where he talks about like how old is sixteen really uh, and if you ever go back and watch that it's you know it's really really interesting points that he's making and. Like every now and again, Dave Chappelle will say some real shit from time to time. Oh yeah, and, and well, I, all the and best I, ones do, so like, you know, like Richard Pryor, uh, George Carlin, Chris Rock. They, I mean, they, they their best stuff is when they're like, you know, the the harbingers of the times. You know, I think the yeah the stand up is like the new oracle of social commentary. Uh, and yeah, so it was, uh, you know, I yeah, I kind of like that. You know, it was almost like. He gave you both of them. He gave you both kinds of yeah. comedy mm-hmm. uh, with both specials. That's a lot to he, do uh, back to back, know, man. Two hours of stand-up. That's... Did you notice that there was a lot of Detroit and Michigan talk at in, in the in the first one? Because first he opened... He, literally, his opening bit is about how he's booed off the stage in Detroit because uh-huh. he got too high smoking with some rappers. Yeah. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he talks about the Flint, Michigan water crisis. Right. 
And I was like, damn, a lot of Detroit in this motherfucker right out of the gate. You know what I mean? I, I, I thought that was pretty cool, um, well, I, even though it doesn't necessarily paint us in the back's best life. I had no idea he lives uh, in Ohio. So, I mean, that that's it's got to be more relevant to him kind of being you know right below. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'm sure yeah, most Ohio don't like uh don't like the Michigan game but uh yeah. but the uh, uh I I love the bit about um the Oscars and get you know the, the uh and coming back to the Key and Peel thing he's talking about how he's like you know hey you know we're boycotting the Oscars this year cuz it's so white and he's like shit I've been I've been on, I have been doing shit in 10 years <laughs> yeah. I've been I've been on strike for 10 years where the fuck have you guys been you know and he's like I got to sit there and watch Key and Peel do my show every <laughs> yeah. week essentially calling them scabs <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh i thought that was i was like bold you know which is uh, so funny. funny and he i do you think he actually feels that way or is he just fucking around uh i think he does because it it's it, it is a pretty exact port uh of his program well yeah you know and you know they're they're targeting the same uh general demographic where it's like you know you you have like that audience but then you want to like you know make it uh culturally relevant like have something to say you know uh, yeah they uh, definitely stepped in and filled the void uh of what he was providing and 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 they did it really well and it you know it it, it caught on it was a huge success and so you know i'm sure he's like oh shit you know do you do you watch keelan peel or do, do you miss the Chappelle show more i did i did um i i watched it a lot more when i was living with uh Greg, uh, Squatty Otty. Squatty Otty. Ding, ding, ding. ding, ding. Big reveal. There's the new nickname. <laughs> new nickname. Greg Ott's new nickname is Squatty Otty. <laughs> uh, but I watched it a lot more. And when we were watching it, man, it was, you know, because Greg watches a lot of sketch. And so I would watch uh, SNL with him and we would watch uh, Portlandia and we would watch Key and Peel. And I was like, man, the best sketch on TV is Key and Peel. Like, that, this is the funniest stuff. Consistently. Oh, funny. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, so, I think Portlandia yeah. has his moments for sure, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and then it's just funny because he's like, you know, he did, he yeah, he went away for ten years voluntarily. Uh, I, do we even really know why? He just kind of wanted out of the business and wanted to chill for a while, or but then to find out that he's this whole time he's been like, man, I've been watching Keem Peel do my show, and then Kevin Hart gets big all of a sudden. I didn't know that, and well, I mean, mm-hmm. we get a little jealous there, Dave, huh? Yeah, it was interesting, but. Uh, two, uh, he, he sold out Carnegie Hall like seven nights in a row, and he, uh, uh, you know, two comedy specials back to back on Netflix. He's back, and yeah, honestly, it, it, it he, I don't really, I can't really say he's missed a beat. Like, I, mm-hmm. he, he's still, it's still, you know, well, it, incredibly, his appearance on SNL was kind of a, uh, a warning shot over the bow, I guess. Well, I mean, but he must have been back a long time kind of preparing this material, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But, so... But yeah, good to have him back. I mean, he's a great comedian. I See, I, I watched it stone sober in my underwear, and uh, it's it re- you really got to watch stand-up, like, a few beers and, like, a, a few people in the room, you know? It's it's hard to laugh. Two drink minimum, Hayes. Yeah, ex- Two drink <laughs> exactly. Two drink minimum. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's you can sit there and appreciate the comedy. There's it's, uh-huh. it's it's a it's a different kind of viewing. You know, you're like, oh, that was funny, that was funny, but you rarely let yourself go. Yeah, in terms of that, which is strange. Like that that seems to be synonymous with stand up. Like you know, I'll watch a Simpsons episode I've seen a thousand times. It still makes me howl. South Park the same way. Uh, yeah, yeah. But with stand up, it's for some reason it's like 
uh, it's 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 more mental um unless you're in a a room of shared laughter uh yeah it's just it's it's best in a group i uh, i feel and you know I, I i really wanted to try to experience it the best way we could so got got some enthusiastic fans uh and it was a really it was a really nice night of comedy so you know if i had to make a suggestion i would say Watch it with some friends, if possible. There you go. All right, well, let's wrap that up there. That's going to do it for uh, Matt and Bob and the... Yeah, good one. Uh, oh, and shout out to our unofficial sponsor, Spindrift. Sparkling water with real scree- squeezed fruit. I've been drinking it this whole time. Uh, <laughs> Tasty. Yeah, it's, it's the new La Croix. So be on the lookout for those, Bob. Shout out to all our friends at the Lincoln Bar, L.A. Shout out to Squatty Squatty Thanks for coming by, everybody. Bye. Bye.